0: Give me a soft subtle mix And if it ain't broke, then don't try to fix it And of the summers of the past Adjust the face and let the alpine blast Pop in my CD and let me run around And put your car on cruise and lay back Cause it's summertime Welcome back everybody. Welcome. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat show. I I love I love stories about I can't even think of a word, but I love stories that demonstrate not only the innate power we have, but the power we have to overcome the most horrific circumstances and why I love this is because if you're listening to this show now if you're out there right now and you're thinking how am I ever going to recover from what's happening in my life I want to say to you that not only will you recover from it but you will discover from it and what you will discover is what my special guest right now discovered and we're going to hear it directly from her I have to tell you think about this headline are you ready held hostage the true story of a mother and daughters kidnapping wow how can anybody even think about surviving that and being here to talk about it Well, Michelle Renee has done that Mother and Daughters Kidnapping, we're going to talk about this true story, and we're going to talk about what this was life like for her. But more importantly, what is the message? What is the mission? You know, what happens if perhaps this had to happen to a particular person so that they can now come out and, as Michelle has, Michelle Renee, Single mom on a mission, published author, speaker, owner of, now big, now dream big, media coaching, PR consulting firm. And I want to say this, that this is a story that when I read about it made me cry, some points made me laugh, but more importantly had me inspired and so today we're going to talk about what this means to have an experience in life such as this but not stopping with the trauma of it and going to hope in action. Thank you so much Michelle for joining us here today. Uh, What an incredible story.
1: Thank you so much, and thank you for, you know, the the invitation to be a part of your show. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful.
0: Well, you know, you represent right now, I don't know if you've given this any thought, but you represent right now exactly what the president talked about the other night, exactly what many people are talking about. They're talking about this idea of we don't quit. Uh, and, you know, if I were to think of a situation perhaps that I had been in, Uh, of where I would be close to quitting, it would probably be yours. And I want to talk about that, because this is a true story. You and your daughter were kidnapped and held hostage by a masked gunman.
1: By Uh, three masked gunmen, yeah.
0: Yeah, three yeah. I got to tell you, I can't even imagine it. What the heck was that like?
1: It was absolutely terrifying beyond words. I mean, there really are no words to describe how terrorized we were and uh, you know, all of the things when you're held hostage for 14 hours in that situation with your 17-year-old, I mean, with your 7-year-old daughter, mm. and, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know that second that they break in the door and they're coming at you and everything slows to an excruciating crawl, and, and it, it's all happening in, in like, these little scenes And they're coming at you, and all of a sudden, everything hits you, but, you know, everything from rape and murder and torture and all of these things going over in your mind, and they grab your 7-year-old daughter, and they throw you to the floor, and they put guns to your to your temples and you begin to hear the duct tape just unraveling and ripping and you can't hear your child and see your child, it was the most excruciatingly painful terrorizing thing I've ever experienced in my life.
0: I can't even imagine it, but that's not really where it all ends. I mean, no. you know, it's kind of like that's the beginning
1: it really was the beginning and you know it was the beginning of this particular experience and we'll mm-hmm. get into in just a little bit sort of how this led me back to actually go back to the beginning of mm-hmm. of my life and my childhood to heal all of it because of this experience and this incident but for these men and the, the purpose of why they chose to stalk me for 2 months and track my every move for 2 months and and plan this entire Um, horrific crime was because I was the assistant vice president for a bank and they were forcing me to rob the vault of the bank and and rob the bank or they were going to murder us and they decided they wanted to hold us hostage for 14 hours so in their words they could get into my head exactly what I needed to do so that I wouldn't make a single wrong move because one wrong move uh, they said that they would They would kill us, and they did that not only via them carrying guns and spears and circling us with a very large dog, but they also taped what they told us were explosive devices to our back and showed us a detonation device as well and told us that we would disintegrate if I made a single wrong move and didn't go rob the vault for them and clear out that vault and get them the money that they wanted.
0: Uh, I, You know, I, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you and, and I'm basically, uh, I, I'm in shock. And, and my listeners will tell you that there are very few times where I've been at that place. Uh, but you are the author of Held Hostage. And, you know, you are the author of telling an incredible story, but more importantly, educating, informing us and calling us to action in a new way was this process of writing for you was it was it therapeutic or was it painful or what
1: was it about well for me i never really intended to write a book what happened was you know those 14 hours for me being held hostage i literally had to prepare to die and in in for me, in order to prepare to die, I had to go back into my childhood, which was, you know, a, a very traumatic childhood. I, I grew up in a home that was, uh, you know, a domestic violence situation and, and really you know, coming out of that situation and running away from home right before my 16th birthday and really never looking back and just running sort of from everything from that point on and doing everything I could to, you know, prove myself. And I didn't want to be my parents and I wanted them to be proud of me. So there were a lot of behaviors leading up to this incident that I never really took a a close look at. So during that 14 hours, I, I really had to take a hard look at my life and myself and my choices and and decide that I needed to heal my life if I was going to come out of this alive. So coming out of this and surviving it and and really thinking it's time for me to examine my entire life and how am mm-hmm. I going to live my life from this point forward in a way that is going to positively impact my daughter's life. There were choices that I could have made that would have further damaged her. And those cho- those choices are, do we stay angry and bitter? is that really going to serve us? Is that going to serve our children? Is that going to serve society in a positive way? If we stay angry and bitter and stay focused on the blame, then in my opinion, that really would have destroyed my daughter and myself more than anything else. So when I was taking her and I would just constantly be on my knees, just going, okay, I I want a deeper understanding of this experience. I don't, you know, want to just focus on the negative of what happened, I I want to understand, I, I, I want to evolve out of this situation and become better than ever because this is my second chance and that's how I felt about it. So when my daughter finally returned to school, I was driving by a library, I was afraid to go home, I didn't want to be home alone and I drove by a library with a sign that was sort of had this neon sign, free internet. And at that point, we had lost everything. I mean, we had no money. I never went back to my house. It was really quite a a desperate situation at that point. And so free Internet to me and the safety of the library and being in the library was quiet and it was safe. I found myself on the computer looking through, you know, victims' rights issues and laws and regulations. And they would kick me off the computer, and I'd end up in the law library, and I would just end up studying and. I was sponging up as much information as I possibly could, and one day, I just started typing, and for me, the writing process was almost like I was finally getting all of the poison out of my system that I had been burdened with literally almost all of my life, and I put everything that I had written down away for about two years until I started my speaking career. And someone in the audience said, you really need to write a book. And I said, well, I've written something, but I it really was just for me to just, you know, get it out of my system. And two days later, I had this fantastic woman named Andrea Kagan call me, who was a friend of theirs, and say, I want to see what you've written. And she took that 380 pages and helped me mold it into what has now become my book, Held Hostage.
0: But this is the story that people are so eager to hear about because, as I said when I introduced you uh, on the show, what I said was that you truly represent right now for so many people. And maybe, maybe we don't have quite the, the story or, or have had quite the experience, but there is a lot of trauma going on right now. Out there, uh, everything you can pull it right off the headlines. Everything from what's happening with Rihanna uh, to to many many other things. But the point is, this is an experience that could have ended up in a totally different direction for you. Um, and, and and let's take a minute and talk about. Uh, violence against women, let's take a minute and talk about your daughter uh, and the healing journey that you're on because had it not been for your insight, had it not been for some of the decisions that you've made, I-, I can only imagine what your lives would have been like.
1: And and for me, you know, it brought back a lot of things from my own childhood that, that have to do with domestic violence and a lot of those decisions that I was making moving forward had. So much to do with my, you know, taking a moment and sort of removing myself and thinking, okay, it's my job, it's my responsibility as her mother to do everything I can possibly do to shape her life moving forward and to help her, you know, shape this experience and use this experience in the best positive way she can and not allow it to impact her in such a negative way where she's going to have trouble with relationships with men in her future. I mean, being attacked by three men at an early age and the trust issues and her really going into her shell. How can I support her coming out of that shell and still become a a happy, healthy, positive, thriving young woman as she grows older? And those were things that I was thinking about the whole way through. And the best way I can say, the best thing I can say about that is I knew I had to be an example because that's what she was going to be looking at and that's what she was going to be modeling. How I chose to recover was how she was going to model recovery. And I think for so many people that are going through all these traumas, and I had this conversation the other day with somebody that... You know, what I go through on the scale that I, I went through my trauma on, it's the same trauma as as somebody who is, you know, losing their home and going through all the different traumas or suffered through a fire or a hurricane or what Rihanna is going through right now. They're, it's all relative, and it is exactly what you said. How are we going to come out of this experience and use it in a way that is going to create positive change? That is going to shape the lives of not only our lives, but our children's lives and the other people's lives around us and, and in the world as, as global citizens. How can we use this experience in a positive way instead of allowing the negative of any experience, any trauma, any situation to win, basically? You know, are, are we going to let that negative of the of any situation that we go through or trauma, are we going to allow that to be what shapes the rest of our lives? Or are we going to seek a deeper understanding and ask for a deeper level of understanding and, and come out of this better than ever? And for me, I chose better than ever, not just for me, but for my daughter.
0: Well, and this is really what's so—it's so inspiring about what we're talking about today. Uh, You know, the action that you took—I don't know if many people have said this to you—but the action that you've taken uh, and the path that you're on is truly extraordinary. It really is. I I mean, we're not just talking about you emerging from the fire like the phoenix, okay? Right. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're not talking. We're talking about not only you emerging. Knowing what action to take, but now having you come out in support of a bigger, bigger picture, you right. know, you're, you founded Violent Trauma Awareness Project and Rock to Stop Violence, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and, and let's step back for a minute and talk about how, what the response has been to this. I mentioned Rihanna and Chris Brown. I mean, yeah. I think they they're just the tip of the iceberg about what goes on, but they certainly are. Uh, a way for us to shine the light
1: yeah i mean i recently wrote a blog because i'm a a blogger on huffington post and i wrote a blog recently about you know all of the red flags that we ignore in so many different situations and we can justify something that may you know look like love or feel like love but it, it really can be a type of addiction or something um you know that we're holding on to for all the wrong reasons and you know i was i was working around my house the other day and checking my email and I signed up for this particular newsletter a long, long time ago. And at the time in my life, way back when, when I signed up for this newsletter, it was a newsletter that I felt like, you know, was important, something I wanted to receive. So the other day I'm thinking, these just are not serving me in a positive way anymore. And I, you know, the little button when we, when we see this and it says, if you want to unsubscribe, Mm-hmm. To these messages, or to this newsletter, hit this yeah. button, and yeah. it reminded me that in our lives and in inside of a spiritually emotionally if something's not working for us anymore, we can hit the unsubscribe button to those messages from the past that are that have shaped us in a negative way and go, you know, that, that just doesn't work for me anymore. I'm going to unsubscribe to those internal messages and to that, basically, that internal spam or whatever you want to call it, and I'm going to reprogram. I'm going to, like your last guest, Maria uh, Simone, I believe was her name. I was listening to that, and we can reinvent ourselves, and she reminded me that you know, no matter what happens in our life, what our experiences are, whether or not our country or globally, we're in a recession. um, You know, it's important, as my brother said, because we were listening to your show earlier together, he said to me, you know what, we have to be sure that we don't allow those things to cause us to have a spiritual recession, to get us to a place of of total paralysis where we're not moving in any direction. We have to choose to take action and reinvent our lives and, and reinvent ourselves and think about the different ways that we can take every experience we've ever had, look in the mirror, and instead of looking past ourselves, really look into ourselves and understand that that person is somebody to love and somebody to honor, and somebody who can become better than ever, even if that means better than you were yesterday or the day before, and I really feel that that is our job, Um, you know, as citizens, you know, sharing this this planet together, and I think that's all of our jobs, particularly when we go through something traumatic, to, to seek a deeper level of understanding, give back in a deeper way than we ever have before.
0: And what you're talking about is so important. You know, this idea of of spiritual stimulus is so important. Somebody said to me, I heard the term used Friday night, but I had used it in one of my earlier shows. Somebody uh, texted me, what do you call, it? you know, a little text thingy that people do, yeah. and said you shouldn't use that term. That's overused. And I thought to myself, wait a minute. There can never be. In my, in my consciousness, the term spiritual stimulus can never be overused because for my own personal life, and I think you just nailed it, I always need to be tuning up my stuff.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we've huh. been, how long have we been hearing about? you know, sharpening our own personal saw. I learned about that years ago in a Franklin Covey class, you know, sharpening the saw. I mean, that goes back to, you know, that goes as far back as I could ever remember learning anything, is the importance of sharpening our saw, and and it means exactly what you just said. You know, we have got to continue as human beings to evolve on every level, emotionally, spiritually, and, and, and with that comes... Uh, you know, I think a greater responsibility to to give back in whatever way we can give back. And, you know, that's the title of my second book that I'm hoping to have published um, by the end of this year or early next year. It's called Winning Myself Back. And a part of winning yourself back is to constantly seek to evolve spiritually and and emotionally. And it's so, so important, especially, you know, when you're getting out there, you're reinventing yourself and you're, like you said, the Violent Trauma Awareness Project and the Rock to Stop Violence, you know, how can I, with everything I've gone through and everything about who I am, and I'm a little bit rock and roll, I'm a child of the 80s, I still love rock and roll, And (laughs) what can I do, you know, to really raise awareness about the issue uh, related to violence against women and girls and domestic violence? I really want to have a concert and I really want to bring rock and roll back a little bit if I can, you know, and, and, and do something that has to do with, with rock and roll music and artwork and celebrity vault up in LA was, you know, wonderful to, um, donate so many fantastic rock pieces of art, um, that were related to rock and roll and, and have part of the proceeds of, of those in the auction donated to help to help violent crime survivors and domestic violence abuse survivors. And so I thought, what can I do with and take everything, you know, and this is for your listeners, think about everything about who you are. What did you like when you were a kid? I loved going out in nature. I loved music. It was an escape for me when when things were really bad at home. And take all of those things and everything you've sort of been raised up to do and not let fear stop you in your tracks and go what can i do to make a positive difference using every single experience i've ever gone through and the answer will come fear's going to come too and try to knock you off track but you really have to to listen and be willing to take that leap of faith and trust that that if you follow the calling on your heart and on your life that you are going to be equipped and you are going to be given the strength and stay focused on that path. It's not easy, but it's possible.
0: Wow. I love this. I love you. I hope you'll come back. And you know what? I'm right there with the rock thing, sister.